last time. Confronted by their old frenemy, Katagas. <laughs> I can't say that. It's accurate, though. Uh, it is. I'm going to keep it. Atop the crown of Egadon, where they attempted to use the heart of the void to make their will manifest and finally end the tyranny of the ethereals, their efforts were halted as Cad appeared and forced them all into a strange slumber. Everyone's vision was overtaken by darkness, pitch black, and silence. And then, faint, twinkling lights, blue, gold, red, and the slightest whisper of perhaps wind through leaves and scattered trees. And then as Val comes to, you find yourself transported to a different place, to a different time. Everything, as you look around, seems a little washed out, as if someone just took the saturation meter and turned it down a good half tick. Though you recognize distinctly the trappings of your childhood home, the manner in which you grew up in. You're sitting on the balcony, it seems, to your own private room, a book in your lap. Though looking down at your hands and even yourself, you're considerably smaller, younger, perhaps, Though without a mirror or anything, you can't confirm or deny that. It seems to be spring. The air is cool. There's the faintest hint of storm clouds on the horizon. And your garden beneath you is in bloom. You hear a brief rap at your door. And a voice saying, Valmes, are you ready? I have so many questions. <laughs> um, do I have like a sense of being... A child, or am I fully mentally who I was up until this moment? Ye, the latter. You okay. are a hundred percent aware of what just transpired atop the mountain. Okay. Given that this is not the first time that Val has been like transported into mysterious circumstances intended to teach him a lesson about himself, uh, he is big mad and also. <laughs> Very. I'm not learning anything today. No, not today. Um, he he's just very wary of this. Like this, this is not where he wants to be. It's not what he wants to be doing. Like he should be on the mountain right now, fixing the world. And that's that's not where he's at. Do you want to give me an insight check? Sure. <laughs> Hang on, that was cocked. It wasn't good though. <laughs> Could have been. Oh, that was worse. <laughs> My insight's good though. Uh, hang on, I can't do math. Who am I getting? <laughs> it's a 17. I rolled a nine. Yeah, no, your insight's amazing. Looking around, getting up, obviously this is not real. You know yeah. that. Yeah. You're you're more than well aware. But I think what you're able to glean is more of the why than the what or the how. Those questions, you know very well the answers to. Mm-hmm. However, looking around, you come to realize you don't recall this moment. Mm. This is not some like linchpin memory. This is not some like formative moment in your life. In fact, you barely recognize the voice at the door. Mm. It certainly wasn't your father. Okay, interesting. Do I have any reason to believe that this would be like an effect of Tentiver taking my memories or is this just like was not worth remembering kind of thing? That's a good question uh, that I don't know if Val knows the answer to. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. I, Laurel, am curious, but Val would have no reason to question that. Um, he will stand up and 
close the book and set it on the chair and go to the door and just open it to look up and see who is outside. You see an Elvarette who is your father, though whether or not Val recognizes that, I'll leave up to you. Probably not right away. However, you do realize it's the same Elvarette that you briefly interacted with in the Twilight Eternal oh so long ago. Yes. So perhaps there's two and two that's being put together there, but we'll leave that for now. Okay. He seems jovial. He's done up in a waistcoat. He's got a hat in his hands and is looking down with a almost sardonic smile and he says, what? <laughs> Again, not even close to being ready. What is it I was supposed to get ready for? Why, it's a big event. The occasion we've all been talking about for the last week. Do you not remember at all? No. Gods above, you'd think your teacher, I should have a word with that man. <laughs> come, come, get ready and come downstairs. We are all waiting on you, Valmes. Uh, what kind of occasion is this? What should I wear? He kind of just gives himself a one-over and then looks at you, cocks his head, and just smiles and laughs and then leaves. Okay. <laughs> Val uh, is curious to see where this is going to go. So he will play along for now. Um, he'll go to his his closet or his wardrobe or whatever and finds some sort of appropriate matching attire for what the mysterious silver red at the door had on. <laughs> you could, you know, cobble together a Elvaret equivalent of a black tie <laughs> apparel here. We're going to cocktail hour. On your own, yes. And work your way downstairs to a, a parlor where it seems this Elvaret, along with an Elvaret that you suppose to be his partner, a woman, and that, that has a very stately manner about her. And then an older bearded Elfkin is seated there as well. That goes, ah, <laughs> well, mess. Good, good, good. You clean up well, son. And the other two will laugh. And it's at that point that your eye kind of drifts between them. And it's almost as if like one of those magic picture books where you finally see through it. Mm. There's a stool just by the door and Cad full on exactly how he was when he confronted you on the mountaintop. It's just sitting on it quite lazily watching and then as your eyes like briefly flit away from that you lose that focus on him and he's gone where was he just by the door the main door i think Val is going to the door and like immediately investigating poking around seeing if he can like find that magic eye equivalent again <laughs> roll perception okay Ooh, not bad 19 as you're poking around and you're just like putting your hands over the door and on the end like the little tables that are there you push over a stool that you didn't see until it is pushed over and it comes into focus. Mm. And you hear this gruff <laughs> behind you and a meaty hand comes onto your shoulder as this elfkin bends down and picks up the stool and then kneels in front of you and just like dusts off your your shoulders and your, your chest. And he's like, Valmesh, what is exactly going on here? Your he father... What? what, what? Say that again. I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> oh, Lorenz. <laughs> I've missed you. Um, did you see that man who was here? And he looks over his shoulder at the Elvaret man and woman, and they share a look. 
And then they all burst out laughing as if it's some common shared joke. And the woman comes over and she says, Valmes, it again about the man. What man are you speaking of? How many times must we go over this? If you want to meet some real friends and make some progress, not only in the schools, but in your life, you have to come outside the library once every so often. I, I, I'm sorry, is a strange man in the corner something I often talk about? <laughs> just as often as you've lifted him from those pages, you bury your nose in, lad. Well, that is concerning. If I might ask, who are all of you? And again, they just break out into this collective laugh as if this is a joke they've heard a hundred times and it will never get old. <laughs> Bow glowers. <laughs> this is annoying to him. <laughs> and the male Elverette kind of drapes his arm over you and says, come now, we must be going. We are in quite a hurry. It is not good for us to be late to such occasions. All right. And you allow them then to usher you outside? For sure. Val is, his eyes are peeled, though. He's like, where is Cad? You are heading toward what seems to be a carriage waiting at the you know end of your walkway to your manor home. And there, sitting in the driver's seat of the carriage wearing this like fancy getup for a brief second is Cad. And then... You lose that focus as you take another step or half step, and it's just another Elvered. Val glares <laughs> at the carriage driver. And he just takes one hand off the reins and gives you a hearty wave hello. I do not remember anyone in my life being this friendly to me. Oh, Valmes, the, the woman will say as she gives a half glance back at you. Are they really so cruel at that school we sent you to? What school? The school that you made us send you to. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think that kind of like glances between all of them. How much shorter is he than all of them? Like about what age would he guess himself to be given his like <laughs> the height of his POV? Roll insight for me. Okay. Yeah. 22? You're probably 10 or 11. Okay. So not... Too young, but prepubescent. Yeah, and I do recognize this as my childhood home. You recognize it as perhaps though you don't have those memories exactly. Yeah. I'd say that is a easy supposition to make, especially given the fact that you, you do recall the time you spent here in, you know, in your 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay. During the course of the campaign. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a strange mental exercise that Val is going to engage in. If he feels like he's losing himself to the illusion, he will immediately pull away. But is there anything in his own mind sort of supplied by this environment of like context clues or like is, is the environment trying to feed him anything mentally? Hmm, good question. Does that make sense? I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if anything your environment is trying to elude your focus almost as if when you're experiencing a dream and there's like a sudden shift of locale yeah and it, it makes perfect sense but it's like wait a second there should have been a huge like travel gap here that's basically what happens as as you walk from one place to another like you never walked 
down the stairs into mm-hmm. the parlor and you never walked from the front door to the carriage. You just like, oh, let's go and then cut. Now you're at the carriage. Gotcha. Like scene transition. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Val will nod at these Elvaret like, yeah, okay. I understand. I remember. He doesn't, but um, he will pretend like he does and like nod towards the carriage. We, we should go, I suppose. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Some of us are hungry. And the elfkin will... <laughs> oh my gosh. Lerotz! The elfkin will barrel inside, and the other two will just... <laughs> give these, like, practiced laughs before following him in and leaving a seat open for yourself. Okay, that will get in. Again, it's this almost ethereal shift that makes perfect sense in context, but looking from the outside, be like, whoa, 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 how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Because you're outside the city. You're on some country road. And this elfkin has started to peek out the window and kind of poke the driver in the front, be like, looks like rain, okay? Stick to the cobbles, boy. We don't want to get any mud and swept up here. Which is just nonsense. And the driver <laughs> will go. They're kind of just with the tip of his hat, barely acknowledging the elfkin. And then this Elveret, the the man, will lean forward and say, Now, Valmes, there are things that your mother and I wanted to talk to you about. Um, we weren't sure if now was the right time, but since we are all here... And he gives this kind of like, should we, should we not kind of look to the woman and then the elfkin. And they both give him reassuring nods, and he'll nod to himself before turning back to you and go... You see, I don't think it's such a good fit, this place that you've been going. We all know that you petitioned for it for so long, years. But for one such as yourself, I think you are not realizing your own potential. Um, perhaps not. Uh, Like you said, though, is it not important for me to make friends Of course it is important. I think, however, just from what you have relayed to us, that it is not a good place. There are better places. Perhaps outside Udeello. What? What? And then the woman will kind of take over as the man seems to be losing steam. And she'll say, Val, it is very simple. We both think that, well, it would be best if you spent some time away from home. Some time away where, exactly? You see, boy, there's a time in a young man's life where he has to reconnect with his roots, (laughs) his blood, his bones and guts, what makes a man a man, you see? And you're reaching that age about, you know? If you were an Elfkin, you'd be going right into the learner tier. T1. And I'm proud and stout of you. Right into the army. Like me. Well, I skipped a few years ahead. Bright young lad as I was. And I'd say you'd do the very same yourself. But here, now, your parents have the right idea. You see, you need a different kind of schooling. A better kind of schooling. Less... What's the word you used, dear? Metropolitan. Ah, yes, yes, less metropolitan. 
what kind of place are you wanting to send me? And with that, the carriage is almost brought to a stop with a sudden jolt as everyone looks around and the carriage driver leans back and whispers something to this elfkin. And he says, no, no, no worries. I'll, I'll take a look. No, 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 no worries. And this man and woman, Elvaret, seem to adopt a an expression of concern. Maybe even fear, but they're doing their very best to hide it from you. If you turned around and were peeking past the little open slit where you can see the driver. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. His coat is blocking most of the view, but there seems to be some kind of roadblock where soldiers are posted. And again, it's in this moment as you look and then shift that one of these soldiers takes on the visage of Cad for just a split second. Val's going to get out of the carriage. <laughs> as you go to get out of the carriage, the the man, Elvaret, will grab you quite forcefully by the by the forearm. Like, Valmas, what are you doing? Oh, I can handle it. Handle it. And then as he says that, you see his eyes go wide looking out the carriage, this little window in the front, and the driver will jump off again, kind of jolting the carriage momentarily, if you'd like, giving you freedom from your father's grip. Hmm. (laughs) I've never been one to obey my father. Yeah, Val's going to go out. As the carriage then rocks as the driver disembarks and you break free from Senres's grasp and burst out the door and you just hear him and Deirdre calling after you, you see this elfkin that has just been stabbed through the gut and is lying in the mud. Uh, the driver runs up and is shot two and then three times by crossbows from these Sheesh. elfkin soldiers and falls down bleeding right next to him. Oh. And then they'll turn their crossbows on you until you see their commander, this one that you note had briefly flashed Cad's face, hold up a hand to stop them. What business do you have here? The commander of these Elfkin takes a step forward, wholesale ignoring you, and (laughs) inspects the bodies on the ground for a moment, making sure that they've been properly dispatched before finally, after what seems like an agonizing minute, turning to you and saying, What business do we have here? What kind of a question is that, boy? Why can no one give me a straight answer here? (laughs) Do I have command of intent here? You don't know. Okay. Um. (laughs) The the question is, would 10-year-old Val have command of intent? Well, I mean, yeah. He was pretty gifted as a kid. Yeah. But at the very least, like, he is not mentally 10-year-old Val. Like, he's 51-year-old right, Val. Right. <laughs> Thinks that he knows everything. So I'm not going to cast, like, intent intent. I'm going to cast Elvaret intent. But I would like to... <laughs> Can I summon my illusory Drake? Yeah. Great. I do <laughs> at that. At what level? Uh, it's a 8th-level spell. Okay. Well, I'm going to roll something then. Oh, no. Ooh, here we go. All right. So that actually gets recanted. Can I counterspell the recantation? Yes, but you'll have to do it through intent. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll try it. Um, And you'll use the old system. (gasps) I love the old system. So I'm rolling a d20? Yep. 
D20, D100. Oh, that was a bad D20 roll. Good thing I have a plus 17 to intent, huh? 19. <laughs> and a three. Oh, that definitely doesn't cut it. It was very far away, unfortunately. I'm not surprised. And I think Val maybe in that instance wouldn't chalk it up so much as this other person's ability, but rather your own inability. Mm-hmm. On the on the recantation specifically? Yes, that you possess this mental capability, but there's some sort of disconnect between that and the mind that you're currently inhabiting. Mm, interesting. Okay. And so when you try to do that, you just see this elf can barely wave his hand and he cocks his head and he goes, are you daft? <laughs> Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, would you care to explain to me what exactly is going on here? I think it's quite simple. You are transporting fugitives. You are a fugitive. Of? Of the state. Why would a fugitive of the state travel in broad daylight in a carriage? This is an excellent question. It's made you at least very easy to be caught. It's at this point that the man and woman, Elvaret, will step out of the carriage and will step up behind you and holding their hands aloft, seeming to try to defuse the situation, the man will say, this is this is all a big misunderstanding. You, you must... Uh, my boy here has done nothing wrong. <laughs> Please. It, it was not his fault, ever. It was never his fault. And the Elfkin captain goes, Hardly. We have evidence in mounds to suggest otherwise. Senre Sulisel. This is your last chance to come peacefully. Or we will meet out the justice without trial. Like you did for them, Val says, looking at the bodies. As we did, yes. Your parents, boy, do not need to be harmed here. You'll come with us, quietly, or not at all. I think at parents, Val, like, looks up at them, sort of curiously. Like, oh, parents? Is that who you are? <laughs> <laughs> And I think he would feel sad about that, except he can't feel sad anymore. <laughs> there is no grief in, in this man. Not for them. Yeah. Not for them. And he'll look at the gentleman and he will say, if you will answer my questions, frankly, I will go with you. The captain raises an eyebrow as he was retrieving like a pair of manacles from his belt. And he'll just cross his arms and go, very well. I will permit you three questions. What is it I am accused of? First, crimes against the state, the ascendancy of the highest order, proliferation of secrets, of intent, and magic, as it is known to those deemed unfit to wield it. Thou will gesture at himself and say, How old am I, ten? You think that this is true? Judging by what you just tried to do and I had to stop you from doing, should I think otherwise? No, but there are extenuating circumstances at work here that you also do not understand. No, myself, frankly. Um, right, question two. Where do you plan to take me if I go with you? You will be taken back to the mother city. You will be interrogated, tried, imprisoned, and likely executed for your crimes. It's at this point that your mother will step forward and say, no, no, you, you won't be taking him. And she'll take a step in front of you, like placing a, a hand over your chest. And the commander will, will point at her and say, you take a step back now or you'll get a bolt through the neck. 
Tell her. Tell her, boy. I I will. Val will take her hand and sort of draw her back. <laughs> this is this is such a classic Val move. I'm gonna cast teleport. <laughs> I would like for this to succeed. Um, so I'm going to go to where I would hope in this weird mirror world a te- permanent teleportation circle would be. <sighs> Not to choose between the two that I know about. <laughs> I am going to attempt to teleport to the circle that we had under the tavern. Okay. That's what I do. <laughs> As you know, I like it when I, I don't like that the GM rolls teleport. So, oh, it's to... a, if it's an established circle, is that just an auto success there? Uh, it makes it easier to a oh, degree. Oh, man. Okay, fine. It Ow, depends roll. on the circles. That's true. I have no idea if this is a, if, if it's even intact. So, I'll roll. Oh, baby. 53. And I'll take the bodies with me if I can. Okay. Your world kind of splinters for a second. You see this crack, like, split across your field of vision. Though it's not just as if there's a screen on your eyes. It's as if the world itself is this window. Mm. And everyone seems to be frozen for a split second. And then that crack compounds until it is just instantly replaced with this really deafening pop that makes your ears ring. And you are in this field of golden grass and there is a like basically inside out body of Leirotes at your feet. Uh-oh. However, looking down at yourself, you seem to be an adult. Oh, did I not take my parents with me? I wanted to take them with me. Sorry if that wasn't clear. Oh, no, they didn't come with. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyways, sorry. You just brought the body of Leirotes and then it turned inside out and got split apart a couple different ways. That's pretty par for the course, honestly. So I'll take it. And is spread over the ground and you in this endless expanse of golden grass. Though you, everything, your hands, your arms seem to be back to the proper proportions. And you're wearing what you were wearing at the Crown of Egadon. Cad? Yes? What is this charade? I was wondering the same thing myself. (sighs) Again, with the cryptic answers. If we're going to have a conversation, you're going to have to give me a little bit more to work with. Did you think I brought you there? You sent me there? Mm, No. No, I merely provided the vessel with which you could travel. Cad will materialize. He had been a disembodied voice up to this point. Mm -hmm. But he'll look down at the disgusting display of viscera uh, in front of you and kind of just wince. It's like, good thing he was already dead. Do you know who that was? I do, yes. And the rest of them? The rest of them. Yes, of course. Right, so I don't remember being accused of being an enemy of the state at, you know, 11, 10. No, I I don't believe you ever were. Then where are we? Here? Now? I can't quite say. But there, I believe it were some fabrication of your subconscious. In what they? Perhaps, Val. You think too highly of yourself. (laughs) I mean, sure, but 
A simple Elvred boy with loving parents and a caring teacher whisking him away because he'd performed some impossible feat at the ripe age of ten, endangering the entire Elvkin state to destruction because he shared secrets with his beloved humans. You could really work on your sense of humor, you know. I don't pride myself on having one. No, I suspect not. Um, looking around, is there any distinguishable features or anything to, like, move towards, or is it just an endless field of grass? Judging from where the sun sits in the sky, there are some nearby-ish mountains to the west, and then the familiar crown of Agadon way off to the southeast. This just seems to be uh, Emera, but without the Emer. Hmm. All right, so what exactly is the purpose of this exercise? I told you, I was merely trying to understand all of you, finally. Why you do the things you do and think the things you think. And so far, all that you have gleaned about me is that I think too highly of myself. It seems your subconscious constructed a reality where you as a mere boy were more powerful and dangerous than the entirety of the Elfkin populace. So yes, but <laughs> I had my suspicions about that already. There are simpler ways of getting to know someone, you know. Not on this level. You see, there's much more that I absorb from being here than mere observation. Merely what you can tell me and what I can see. Raul will nod, thoughtfully. He'll walk up to this... It's a generous to call it a corpse, but a corpse. Pile of meat. And he'll kick at these, like, three protruding ribs that are just sticking up, just shuffle them with his foot. And he'll look at you with a cocked head and be like, you really don't remember him, do you? Val will shake his head. Interesting. Do you want to? Is that something you have the power to control? Recently? I believe, yes, I might have come into such an ability. And how is that? I made a sacrifice. A deal. Wiss? Someone I thought I'd never truly have to meet ever, ever again. But this will fuel my purposes this time around. I don't really know how to adequately express to you anything that I think or feel. I think primarily because you seem to dismiss every word out of my mouth as though it is not spoken in a language that you understand. On the contrary, Valmes, I think you are in fact the single most useful piece going forward. You have the most potential out of everything, every one, to achieve the means and ends that I seek. You just have to be, well... Strung, fretted, and played in the right way. People are not instruments, Karagas. You spend enough time amongst them, and you'll see differently. Everyone has patterns. Everyone's predictable. All right, well, would you like to show me the next construct of my subconscious, or...? As I said, I am not in charge here. I did not choose to send you there. Your mind did that, just as you yourself ripped control of it. You possess an amazing fortitude, Val. 
One that I have not seen in many cycles. Cycles. Why don't I give you those memories back that you so dearly miss? Though I don't imagine you know you miss them. Before you do that, why would you offer them to me? I want to put you, Val, in the best position to gain perspective and understand why I do what I do. Only then, I believe, will I understand why you do what you do. That was sort of a non-answer. But he, sort of in contemplating this, thinks back to how, like, devastated for him everyone else has been by the fact that he doesn't remember these people. Um, Luna in particular, like, he knows that this is something that she regrets very deeply and has wanted to fix. So he will hold out a hand to Katagas, like, as if to shake his hand, not like, you know, palm up. Yeah. All right. If you possess this power, then uh, return my memories to me. Gladly. So Cad will step forward then, and he'll grasp your hand in his, and you feel this surge within you, like an electric shock, almost. The hair on your forearm stands on edge, and the back of your neck prickles up, and then suddenly, you know exactly who just exploded before you, and you know exactly who was in that carriage beside you, and even the carriage boy that took you along, you recognize as one of the many servants that frequented your household. It all comes back, not even in waves, but just in a single glaring instant I'll let you choose exactly how you react to this stimulation. Upon regaining these memories, Val is immediately overwhelmed by that sense of grief that he had given up to the point where it just rocks him physically. Like He sort of reels backwards, almost doubles over, and there are tears in his eyes that he like doesn't remember welling up. They're just there. And then they're pouring down his face and he doesn't remember starting to cry it just sort of like happens he doesn't sob he just sort of like there's just so many tears um but he's breathing normally and like looks up at cad like how could i have forgotten this like sort of instinctively like not like seeking any comfort from cad or even He's just the only other person there. <laughs> like He needs someone to respond to this with him, and Cat is his only choice. So he's just, like, completely overwhelmed by this feeling, and I think he just sort of, like, plops down into the wheat. And then a memory. Something dissimilar, but not. Detached, but still there. Works its way bubbles up to the surface. Val remembers the moment that he had with Efron in Vale's realm, where Efron talked to him about being friends and making friends and working together and Val being sort of like a contributing member of the team, but more than that, being friends. And Val hugged him. Um, that was sort of the the formative moment of quite literally the very first friend that Val ever made was Efron. And that's what he remembers, is that hug. 
fitting as where you sit now, it's obviously Amera, the homeland of Ifran. But even further than that, it bears the hallmarks of that other plane that only you and Ifran inhabited, the Amber. Standing up, Val is immediately going to start walking for the Crown of Egadon. And Cad just looks at you as you go and he says, Off in some hurry then. I think I, I know where we are. And where would that be? It's the Amber. Ah, oh, Val. It's not the Amber. The real Amber. It's just your mind's construction of it. That mountain there is a paper cutout in a child's play. You can't reach it, no matter how hard you try. Can I will the mountain to come towards us? Like, just sort of allow that weird dreamscape folding of space-time and have us be there? As you do so, it has the opposite effect that you desire, in which the mountain is now right in front of you, but (laughs) But it is just like a paper cutout that, like, (laughs) flutters to the ground, and then there's nothing on that horizon. Interesting. Why would your mind bring you here? Because I... For better or for worse, this is the place that I have spent more time than anywhere in existence. Why did you bring him here? And he'll cock his head over to the brutalized body of Leroads. I don't know. I was trying to bring everyone, but I, as you well know, I'm not the most precise at teleportation. So you do know him, then? That is Leroads. Also, Valentine. May I ask you a question, Valmes? Yeah. What do you want with Luna? <laughs> what? What do you want from her? Hmm? Nothing. So if she just disregarded you from here to the end of eternity, never to see you again, you'd be fine with that. I highly doubt it. No, it would break my heart, but I would let her go. But you wouldn't want her to. No, but she's not an instrument for me to play, Cat. I love her. It's a very strong expression. It's the truth. Then may I ask another question? That will not. What do you believe she wants from you? I don't know. Well, one moment we know one thing. We know she wants you to use the Heart of the Void. Why? Well, truthfully, I think part of it is that she doesn't want to. Do you know why? She has expressed in the past a concern that whatever new world comes to be, she will not be part of it. I think perhaps she fears if she is the one to use the Heart of the Void, she will cease to exist. Yes... I've heard that before. I don't believe it to be true. Do you? My understanding of how the Heart of the Void works is that either it or the user is destroyed, but even that has been called into question, given recent conversations. So, but we also don't know how it works. It works however you want it to, Val. You realize, regardless... Of whether it performed that function or not, if it is a true vessel, a true conductor 
of your will, of intent, that those thoughts would leak in and destroy it or yourself. Because that is how you understand it to work. That is how you understand the world to work. That is what I've been trying to say, is that you have a flawed understanding of things. What is it, and I mean this genuinely from a place of wanting to understand, what is it that you know that we don't? If I tell you, Val, when you leave here, you won't remember it. I'll afford you the basic courtesy of letting you remember your parents and your companions and what you felt for them. But if I answer that question, know that I will rip it from your mind the moment you wake from here. And I cannot guarantee that it will be a precise surgery. So weigh that question before you want me to answer it. Truly. That will nod. Let me propose to you a different question, then. What is it about Luna that makes you so unshakably certain that she must be the one to use it? Because I've seen... (sighs) And he just avoids your gaze for a moment and starts to laugh a little, and he will nod and look up at you again and say, Again, if I give you this answer, one to your liking, that is, you may not keep it. What can you tell me that you don't have to take away? And you see an expression on Cad's face flash that you've never seen on him. And it's you know what? Roll insight. Ooh, okay. Come on, that 20. <laughs> Was not in that 20. 15. This expression is the conveyance of an emotion that is eerily similar to something you've felt for the majority of your life. Being locked away alone. Mm. Without another soul to talk to, without anyone to understand, though multiplied by a hundredfold and you can see straining behind his eyes the burden of that the burden of not being able to express how he feels what he wants even like the basest of emotions the most simple of expressions he has to please every sentence it seems has to be so meticulously constructed that it takes eons in his brain to finally come out and say something that in the end satisfies no one. And you realize that Cad in that moment is a hundred percent absolutely alone. Are you the one who keeps going back? He doesn't say anything. But with a man such as himself, you know that it's a conscious decision to maintain that expression for the split second longer that it takes to answer your question. And even then, there's this feeling of dread that rises up in you, knowing that you won't remember him looking like that. Cad, I... Will you not let us help you? I want you to. 
I think I need you two here, now. Because I've been searching, Malmes, for a perfect world for so, so long. And every time I get a little closer, and I, I, I was so, so close. She almost did it. She almost made it happen. But then just one thing was off. And it all came crashing down. And I thought, once more, into the breach, and we will have it. And then you all entered the equation. And set back millennia of progress. Incalculable lifetimes of effort. You do realize that there is no such thing as a perfect world? I wish you could see what I've seen then. Because I promise you, there is. But not anyone can bring it about. It takes a special soul. One that comes around once in an eon. Whole epochs go by. And such individuals never grace Egadon. In fact, after her, there's only ever one more. She's one of the last. Because you know what? They learn. The ethereals learn. And they tighten their grip. And they are not the fallible systems of men and kin where a few grains of sand will slip through their fingers no they are perfect in their domination and then there is no freeing us it is astonishing to me how similar the two of us are and how utterly different I have lived an eternity, too. Alone. In the dark. And right now, I... I don't know if I would trade that for what you've experienced. But... I understand you, Gad. Do not try to. (laughs) What? Do not dare have empathy for me. Why? Because I can't believe, but I'm trying to help you. Feel for me? No. Weep for me? No. Whatever you think I've done, banish it from your mind as simple child's fantasies of a long-lost vow who makes up stories about himself and his friends. Otherwise, it will be excised, and it will not be pleasant when you awake from this. Compassion is the one thing 
that I want to introduce into this world. And while it might be a painful edition, it might be a silly edition by some estimations, that is the highest ideal to me. Cad doesn't say anything. His mouth is drawn in a hard line, and he glances, and he's been glancing repeatedly over your shoulder, but if you turn to look, there hasn't been anything there. And as he does it again, he closes his eyes if he's, as if he's resigned himself to something, and he says, Our time here draws to an end. I am truly sorry. What is coming next? You don't have to be. She is not ready. You are not ready. What are you going to do? Do not worry yourself over it, Valmes, and things start to fade. We will try again after it's finished. No. This is the end. And before everything fades back to black, this rising ringing in your ears overtaking everything, you see that expression plastered on Cad's face again, that loneliness. And he says, with the slightest hint of almost hopefulness in his voice, We will see. And then everything goes to black. Black.